Hey, folks, welcome back. Another great episode with our special guest today, zooming in from beautiful Oshawa, Ontario. We've got Ella Lady Gina, and I am destroying the original pronunciation of her name, but she said it's okay that way. Ella is originally from Russia, has been in Canada for over 10 years, I believe, and is now investing in multifamily properties. So, Ella, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. So, Ella, what got you to Canada in the first place? Why Canada versus other places? And how did you get into the whole world of real estate investing? I didn't expect the question about what got me to Canada, but right now, basically 11 years later, I can say that the biggest reason was the ability to see in advance what may be happening and 10 years after and being very proactive and focused on the vision for my future and my son and my husband. There was just three of us. And I would say that this ability to be able to proactively be brave and see what your actions, where your actions are taking you to, this is what also brought me to real estate. This is what also to got me having three children and all other achievements that I have in my life, because I often prefer to see and review what's going on and where that's going to lead me to. So So that's how I I've, I've heard that Russians are the best chess players and that involves, you know, kind of looking three moves ahead. It sounds like you do that with geopolitical things and, and probably now with real estate type stuff, but what, what were you doing prior to leaving Russia and, and what was your journey to get into investing in real estate once you got here? Steps that, again, I'm using all over and over again in all areas of my life. First is building the vision. This is basically my passion in life to work carefully on the vision for yourself, where you want to be in five years and three years, and 10 years. Then the second would be learning the language. Mm-hmm. So with it, that is real estate investing or immigrating to a new country, make sure that you know the language of the new people and the new um, uh, rules, rules and regulations too. Right. So, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Before you are done, it's very different here than, than where you come from. I'm sure. Very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really impossible to build a new vision and get to the execution without understanding the language. Yeah. Same in real estate, no matter how much you see yourself, I mean, it doesn't matter how natural you feel yourself, like I'm owning the building, but if you don't do the simple steps, if you don't know what are the difference on paper between different terms, and if you don't develop your network and you don't know what to expect, yeah. then it's it will be really hard to actually be in the position. Well, there, you know, the book, The Secret is wonderful but you still have to get off your butt and do something. That's Yeah, that's and that's the, the third step. Exactly. <laughs> Taking action. Taking okay, but action. I've, I've had the experience myself, Ella, of immigrating to a new country, not speaking the language all that well. And God knows my first initial thought was, hey, I'm going to start investing in real estate. That was not how my brain worked, at least. So... I'm re- always very, very curious what piqued your curiosity about real estate investing 
as as a way to create income, create wealth for you and your family. What was what was that spark around real estate specifically? I understand why you decided to come to Canada. What got you into real estate? Besides, and, and I know you had a vision for a better life, and but what made you decide to choose real estate as the vehicle? That's a good question. And probably the answer would be that I became an accidental landlord. Oh, okay. I don't know no, if that's you what go. you expect or not, but well, no, that's, but that's it's usually something happened. like that. Yeah. So what happened? And how that happened? We already had, um, well, first from my parents, I knew that before you think about anything else, own the property where you live, okay. especially if you don't have any other investment properties. And uh, even though this is a liability, but still, this was our first asset. We bought an apartment. I was going to say an apartment building, but that's what naturally comes out of my mouth yeah, now. Now but it does, but originally there it was, was one. Yeah. There was one condo. Yeah. So we had one condo and uh, we started educating ourselves and um, about just about financials, about financial yeah. literacy, because the perception was that we knew nothing about financials in Canada. And uh, I always had that feeling that all oh, or all Canadians, they all know they are so financially uh, knowledgeable. They know how to use now, credit cards. Now, now and... you now you know better, don't you? <laughs> now I know. Yeah. And uh, but we started educating ourselves and we kept educating. We learned how much, for example, credit scores can mean and uh, how to build that. And um, we with that first apartment, we well, condo, we learned how much um in in how many ways you can build wealth through owning real estate okay. because i was carefully budgeting every every month the taxes utilities mortgage pay down i went carefully through all mortgage statements so the we did pay fees, attention to that. that kind of stuff yeah yes we did pay attention to all that and then well of course there was a book of uh the the purple and yellow book yeah, um, Rich Dad, Poor by Dad, the, the Rich Dad, one. Poor Dad. Yes, and uh, the action wouldn't take much longer than two months, and we put our condo on the market. And by that time, I was graduating from the university, so we didn't need to, uh, to leave at that specific location any longer. And we bought a smaller house at the Lakeshore in Toronto. Nice. And uh, that was our first burr, which was a perfect burr. We refinanced out of it everything we invested in way more and uh now it's obviously more than doubled and then we bought another one and then another one the initial answering your question the initial stimulus was basically probably the fear the fear that we won't be able at that age to build a, a safety uh, net for our pension mm. a period of life and we yeah. needed to take some action it's just math so we just basically said and put on paper everything we needed and just saw that if we just rely on pension and my pension would be technically not a bad pension at all because I work for government and we have a specific very good pension um, union and uh, we are well protected. But considering that I started working in Canada, even graduating from university here at 31, I think mm -hmm. years old, there would be no chance that I would be able to leave um, the life I was envisioning again, uh, anytime sooner than 30 years later. 
Right. And again, we figured that even having one rental property can basically change your life and give you so much protection during your pension. And also we have it, we had a child, we have a child. And then for several years after that, we were basically having either a child per year or by, by buying a house a year. Wow. You're busy, because- very productive. <laughs> yeah, because I figured if you want to have a child, you need to get at least one more rental property so that the child is protected, right? You cannot oh. just be creating babies without protecting them. But at the same time, you don't want to stop making babies just because of the wealth uh, uh-huh. uh, obstacles, Yeah, let me put it that way. So that's naturally how that happened. And then just again, more and more education, network, quality coaching. We started investing tens of thousands of dollars per year or even more in our coaching. And I can say that that paid off way more than you can imagine. And so, yeah, so it now, sounds like you and your husband are pretty in unison when it comes to your financial goals and aspirations. Is that true? 100%. Or you, or you... Yeah. The Horizon Capital, our company, he's mm-hmm. the heavy lifter in the company. He does all the acquisition stuff and all the underwriting and all the connections on that side. I am more of a public relation and uh, uh, raising capital again. And uh, I'm also a big advocate for women representation in real estate community. Mm-hmm. That's my other way to give back and uh, but yes we work together in one team for sure nice so what does what does your real estate investing business look like at this point ella um what kind of properties you're investing in what's what's the size of your portfolio if you don't mind sharing so we're staying geographically we're staying in south ontario going east of toronto so from mm-hmm. toronto to now we're closing in pembroke mm-hmm. it's going to be a complex of eight uh, townhouses Nice. which we're going to potentially convert either into 16 smaller apartments or maybe get different titles and maybe convert to condo. There is many plans depending on what the municipality will allow us and what will what will be aligning with the goals of our money partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did switch to multifamily only a couple of years ago. And um, last year we bought a fourplex as well, just as a, just as a, well, for those, I don't know what's your audience know or not, fourplex is a kind of stepping back because you're again, tipping into your uh, personal uh, credit and yeah, residential uh, financing. Yeah. Yes. But we thought, okay, the deal was so good. It was so sweet, too sweet to me. So we did it again. And we now know that that was the last piece that was a, that was it doesn't last, matter yeah. yeah so for the next one we'd rather do we'd rather wait and wait for those who which are say i, don't well, know, I love 12, i love the fact that one. you said that you're kind of the one that's uh the public relations side of things and the capital raising side of things because one of the objections i get sometimes from newcomers to the states or to canada is well I don't know that many people. I've only been here for a few years. How can I possibly raise capital for my real estate deal if I don't have a very big network? So if you don't mind sharing, Ella, what was your process around bringing on joint venture partners or investors for your deals? How did you how did you get started with, with that whole thing? I always find that fascinating. I would say that for me, what really worked was being really passionate about that. 
sell or be sold or how that uh, book is called if you if you if you don't believe yourself in the idea that if you don't like you need to share that with your friends and convince them because otherwise it'll be just unethical seeing them investing in stocks or god forbid rsp or things like that like to me that was just painful to see them not investing in real estate so how did you go about quote unquote convincing them without turning the relationship sour well another secret sauce is that it took years they mm -hmm. saw me doing that from 2015 right so mm -hmm. obviously their perception went from laughing at us and then thinking that we're crazy and then feeling sorry that we keep doing that to ourselves <laughs> and then they started to... so so sorry were you sharing this on social media or or what no what, what... they just literally see what's going on I'd like with my friends there would be one up one episode when I was arriving to a child's party and I said to my friend well this is a very close friend but still and I said can I wash my my hair because the bathroom at our house is under construction <laughs> the only one bathroom there because you're doing a burr right you're because we're doing burr. a burr and we leave there and it's like mm -hmm. the whole thing and they're like oh yeah sure so and I wash my hair and just walk <laughs> into the room like a queen. But that that's how you do, right? Because you have no choice. Yeah, I love it. But love again, yeah, that was 2016 by that time. But mm -hmm. that's that's basically how you do it. And uh, then years over years. Oh, the other important questions people were asking. Those were not friends, but uh, friends of friends. And they were asking, okay, so you have that many rental properties, but how much does that bring to you every month? Mm -hmm. And then we honestly answer, you know what? It doesn't really bring us anything every month we honestly even pay extra 100 150 to be able to cover the i don't know taxes mm -hmm. because at that time we didn't know how to underwrite all those things and we didn't budget the taxes or we wouldn't budget something else like smaller i don't know like repairs or whatever yeah. it may be so that always would be throwing us off the uh line you, you were and, yeah you weren't quite cash flow positive on some of those properties yeah yeah and uh, for those people that would be like a big uh, that we were like big losers because oh we like we we got into all the trouble with tenants and everything and we still need to add 100 200 a month to keep that property but then several years later property values we're not talking about hundreds of dollars we're not talking about thousands of dollars we're talking about doubling of that initial uh purchase price yeah and at that point, you start getting another comments from potential <laughs> joint entrepreneurs. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, you're Russian. You must be bringing lots of money from Russia. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe not. All of these assumptions. Yeah, it, it, it luck and, and uh, good fortune. Yeah, all of a sudden and, you become lucky. Yeah, all that hard work and having to have baths in other people's other people's houses because your, your bathroom's under construction. All right, so... Okay, so that's your close friend. So are those are those most of the people that you bring on board now as I would as say investors? Yes. I would yeah. say yes. We yeah. still are uh, are able to run within the community of friends or friends of friends. Yeah. So we're good in that sense. But that is why we're coming to another 
uh, glass ceiling kind of thing, mm-hmm. because we also have our own process uh, of uh, vetting uh, potential joint venture partners and not, not necessarily are just able to attract whoever. And maybe I would hear more advice from people like you who are more um, experienced in that, how to correctly attract that capital without attracting extra troubles into your So what, what have been some of the examples of troubles that you've you've come across with joint venture partners or potential joint venture partners, Ella? Oh, maybe people want to be, despite the fact what is in the paper that they they are supposed to be silent partners, they still may be too worried about what's going on with the money. Yeah. They want to get the reports way too often. They mm. think that what we do is not necessarily what should be done. And especially if the less experience they have, the more advice sometimes people want to give you. Mm. Um they may be focused on little things of what kinds of washer dryer is installed instead of what they know was working in their single family home. Right. And like all those little things, when we should refinance, should we refinance? When should we uh, borrow money, for example, because we never do cash calls in our deals. We always deal in our corporations with the need for cash. Mm-hmm. And that's how we see that we don't, we don't come to our joint venture partners that we don't say that, Hey, we are, we cannot stay afloat. We need more money. And yeah. we consider that as a huge win, which, uh, is, uh, which yeah, really I think, is- I think that's, that is a challenge. Um, and sometimes it's just really not a good fit. Right. And, and you're understanding the fact that just because somebody wants to invest in your deal doesn't necessarily mean you want them to invest. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And at this stage, I know that my sanity, my time, my stress have their own limits on the return that I'm willing to. Yeah. So how to, how to avoid that upfront? I think, I think it's, it's a little bit of those spidey senses. Like if you, if you know the person's personality and you kind of know that they're for lack of a politically correct term, a bit of a pain in the ass, that's just going to become exaggerated working with them and, and working with money. I always say when, when our clients are getting started with raising capital, it's all about setting those expectations clearly up front, which it sounds like you probably were, but maybe they weren't, they weren't understanding exactly what the deal was going to involve with them. So it's all about having those very, very clear expectations, a very tight joint venture agreement that spells out exactly who does what. And, and counterintuitively, you, obviously you want to be nice, but you also want to be firm. And you basically want to stand your ground and say, hey, you know what? We are the experts here. We're the ones that have been doing this twenty since 2015. We're bringing this opportunity to you as a way to share in a in a future project. But at the end of the day, we're in charge, and we're looking for we're looking for silent business partners on this. Underline silent, right? And absolutely. So, you know, we are not going to be asking your opinion about what the carpet should look like, the color of the paint, how we vet tenants, what we do with the pro none of that. If you like what we're doing, if you like our program, 
If you like our process, then great. Let's work together. If you want to be extremely involved in the deal, that's not going to work because we're doing a pretty high volume of, of properties and we're looking for people that just really want all of the benefits of real estate without the hassles and headaches of dealing with toilets and tenants themselves. So, you know, and if we say that right up front, very nicely, politely, but firmly, then that sets up the expectations. The other trick is to make it a little bit front end loaded with new investors and joint venture partners. So what do I mean by that, Ella? Is the first year have meetings with them on a quarterly basis. So every three months, you jump on Zoom with the person or the or the small group and you review what's going on with the property, right? So that way they're they're up to speed with things. You let them know, hey, if you got any questions in between time, you can always give me a call. But this is our standard meeting time for new partners. The first year is we're going to meet together on a quarterly basis. The second year, if everything's going nicely and you're comfortable with it, then we don't need to meet as often. So we can meet twice a year. All right. So the second year we'll be meeting twice a year. And then from the third year forward, unless something comes up, then we really only need to get together once a year. Okay. Now, obviously you're always welcome to, to reach out if you have any questions or anything like that. But as far as our formal meetings and reportings, that's how it's going to work. Does that make sense, Ella? Oh, that absolutely makes sense. And so hopefully by the year three, we we made the old money out of there and they're more chill and relaxed. But yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, once they get their initial like capital out and it's all infinite returns. Exactly. They're gonna be happy cappers. They're they're gonna zip I don't it. know though. In now maybe not in this environment with the interest rates, which they're, makes uh, everything much harder. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. That should work. The hardest all... is the uh, the the hardest usually is working with joint venture partners who are not familiar with the concept of investing in real estate, and uh, they tend to compare all the stuff with the stock with with stocks, and everything should be fast and quick and easy and whatever. But real uh, estate investing takes that really need to take that patient from. from well, here's from an idea for you. Are you open to a suggestion? An idea? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that we do with our client that works really, really well, Ella, is, is just the, the in addition to the regular meeting with people about the deal, like whatever that looks like, is ongoing communication with your current investors and your prospective investors. And I call this constant, consistent, edutaining communication. And one of the things that we usually start people off with is doing like a video series, some video logs. What are the big benefits of real estate investing? You know, why why real estate versus stocks, bonds, mutual funds, et cetera, right? So compare and contrast. We have to be a little bit careful though, because some people really like their stocks and their bonds and their mutual funds. We We, we have to be a little bit cautious not to bash it too hard, but still position real estate as, you know, Real estate's great. Real estate's better than these. So that's one of the things we do. Also, showing people, educating people about the different profit centers in a real estate deal. And now you're poised for some really cool stuff, especially with this eight-unit property that you guys are about to buy. 
because it sounds like you're getting that at a pretty good price, right? There might be some built-in equity, so instant equity there. And you can show people, hey, with this kind of a property, we actually, our investor partners and ourselves actually enjoy eight different profit centers mm -hmm. from this one asset. Now, nothing else comes close to that. Stocks and bonds and mutual funds, how do you make your money? Basically, it's on hoping you buy it and it, hope it goes up in price and you sell it and you take a profit. That's pretty much, or you can get into shorts and all this kind of stuff, but that's a little bit more complicated. But that, boiling it down, it's only that. But look at this real estate deal. With a real estate deal, we can enjoy eight different profit centers. Instant equity. Here's an example. This property, we're buying eight units. Retail value is this much. We're getting it for this much. We've already created a whatever profit for ourselves and our joint venture partners. That's always the language. Ourselves and our joint venture partners. Next thing is cash flow. And then you explain what cash flow is, right? So this would, you know, this is the, the jingle in your jeans every month. Okay. So that's another profit center. Another big profit center, mortgage pay down. You know, our tenants are paying off our mortgage over time. This really starts to snowball, especially on a more, uh, a large, larger multifamily type property. Oh, yeah. Right. All of the, the different leverage. Hey, you want to buy a, you want to buy a million dollars worth of stocks. You want to buy a million dollars worth of gold. How much is that going to cost you? A million bucks, right? Banks are not going to finance that. Want to buy a million dollar property? We can get into that for $200,000. The banks will finance the rest. All right. So you're just educating people. Depreciation, market, uh, market appreciation, forced appreciation on these properties, highest and best use. So you, you edu you educate them about it, but you try to make it a little bit entertaining. And a way to do that is to bring in a story. A way to do that is to bring in an example from your portfolio, point to it and say, this is how this works in the real world. Here, here's how this worked with this deal, right? So you have this constant little drip of edutaining communication coming out, ideally on a weekly basis, so that people are always aware that that you and your husband are, are actively doing real estate, you know your stuff, and hopefully some of that sinks in a little bit and they they start to understand the difference between what you're doing and what they've been doing previously. Does that make sense, Ella? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that builds up. Uh, we, we're still working on that system, making that consistently and putting it out there consistently because right now we're focused on the fact that we're real estate investors. We need to make sure that we give our, the main priority is to give back to those investors who already invested. Nice. Yeah. But of course, without the, the, again, thinking strategically, what can bring us to the next step, it's, it will be challenging to get to those people who don't know us yet. Well, there's, so there's that's lots, why that's why it's so to important it. to, but it's actually lots of pleasure to like podcasts like this. I'm having lots of fun and I'm learning and uh, I'm enjoying this process. And I can say that this process generally gives me the joy and the ability and the energy to move forward and make that more well, efficient way. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like you, uh, you enjoy sharing, you enjoy showing other people 100%. what you're up to. You enjoy teaching, inspiring. No. You no, I don't enjoy teaching. teaching. No, gotcha. no, nope. <laughs> no. Uh, teaching is something which really takes that talent. And I, I often ask if if you can be my coach or this or that. I mean, for say acquiring the first five properties, I always have to say no because I know genuinely that even though that would bring me the cash, like the ex extra cash, which is extremely would be 
welcome these months and years yeah. but i just know that i wouldn't be enjoying the process well, so there's I just different there's people. different kinds of teaching i agree with you i'm not i'm not a very good coach myself either i don't have the patience for it that's why we we really focus on done for you services for clients that way we know it actually gets done but teaching what you do enjoy talking on podcasts right oh yeah you probably do enjoy speaking at uh i think you're part of the canadian real estate women's association or, or something yes, like that. i'm actually executive director hey yeah. congrats that's awesome do you Thank have you. the opportunity to speak at those meetings of course well there you go that's teaching right that's inspiring it doesn't have to be coaching per se it doesn't have to be a course per se it's really just kind of you know letting people know what the possibilities are in real estate so you might call it something different but i call yeah. it teaching I call it very different because, again, I spent seven years in public health and with government, and we always educate uh, or bring information to, well, I left my job uh, in uh, in April, so I'm no longer in nine to five path. I, technically, I'm retired right now, but I still very passionate about uh about the public, about sustainable intervention and how we can make life of people better and healthier and Talking about finance, finances is one of the fundamental fundamental ways of improving social determinants of health. That's why I feel so natural in this new role, because this is all very interconnected. But getting back to what you were talking about, there are two different sessions. One is educational, another one is informational. And people mm. are often confusing that. Educational piece involves you listening to me and then taking actions and giving feedback. And then that becomes education. If I just talk to you and, you and I give you information or you give me information, but if I am the one who's doing the session and I'm giving you the information without your feedback, without your involvement, and you just leave, this is not education. This is not teaching. This is just informational session. Got Does it. it make any sense? Yep. Yeah, definitely so makes with sense. Inf with giving the information one way, I'm more than open. I'm... I'm very willing to share, but about speaking about that patient to wait for the feedback and quality like um assessing how much did mm. you retain and like reiterating what i already said and all those no, things I, I get, no, over yeah. and over again that's another different story with information and informational sessions oh i'm i enjoy that 100 but that's why i chose my way to give back as a involvement in the uh, in the association because this is a federal national big association not-for-profit which just channels lots of information to potential members and uh, attendees. Mm -hmm. And it, this is a big platform that connects what already exists. We don't provide coaching. We don't offer any particular educational services because of that reason, that yeah, this is that totally sense. another step and we don't want to just call it teaching. Fair enough. Now, speaking of connecting, if people would like to connect with you or find out more, what should they do, Ella? Lady Gina, going back to my last name, it's very easy to pronounce that in Canadian language, right? Uh -huh. And uh, if you just type it in Instagram or Facebook, I'm 100% sure that it's going to be me, Lady Gina Ala. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the Bay West. That's the best way to connect with me. Or you can find Canadian Real Estate Women Association or Horizon Capital uh, very easy to find, but maybe we can link it somewhere below 
So yeah, or people just yeah, I think your name's pretty pretty unique. So that's probably a an easy many people one to think find. that that's my name. Many, many people approach me and say, hi, Gina, how are you? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm good. Thank you. It's all good. It's all funny. There've been jokes around that forever since mm-hmm. basically I came to Canada, but this is my real last name. That's and this is, name. I think it's, it's a lovely, it's name. a cool it's a part name. of branding. It's a beautiful name. It's very unique. Uh, Ella, this has been wonderful. Congratulations on what you and your husband have accomplished in, in a relatively short period of time. As newcomers to the country, I'm very impressed. Uh, You should be very proud of yourselves. I hope you are. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. I I hope you take some time to to appreciate that. And and the fact that your children are growing up around this kind of environment, that is wonderful. The fact that you're sharing this with with other women as well. So keep up the good work. And I can't wait to see how things progress over the next couple of years. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. My pleasure. To be on your podcast and share. All right. All right, everybody, take care and we'll talk to you on the next episode.